son riding the storm out today at church. So if you've got any hard rock friends, uh, classic rock friends, it could be beneficial. So um, I was talking to my daughter, and she said, you know, Dad, you're the only person that works a message around, like, like rock songs. And I'm like, well, I don't always do it, but I have done it occasionally. And I actually, I have more in the bag, too, in this area, too. I was thinking, if I wanted to teach on intercession, I could get, like, a Bob Dylan song, you know, knock, knock, knocking on uh, heaven's door. Yes. Or um, if we want to talk about eternity, okay, I would, might do Led Zeppelin's Stairway to Heaven. And one thing I probably wouldn't do, although it would be a compelling message, and it would be very bold and daring, okay, was to pull ACDC and talk about why you shouldn't be on the highway to hell, okay? Now, that I, I don't think I would even be bold enough to do. So, But anyway, um, last week uh, we started a new series in Jonah, and I thought John had a really um, tight, excellent, um, you know, message, you know, on Jonah, and I thought we use that as the backdrop to kind of continue the series uh, and, and really, you know, pick up on this idea because I thought there was some more application there that we could squeeze out because at the end of the day, um, you know, the storms of life hit us. The storms of life come. And the question is, you know, are we prepared? You know, are we prepared to deal with them? Do we have the spiritual technology, the way to uh, not only help ourselves but help others, you know, in this area? So um, just to do a, a quick recap, if you weren't here last week, in last week's episode, uh, Jonah gets a strong word of the Lord. The, Lord, the word comes to him and says, uh, you know, you need to go to Nineveh, okay, and preach against them because their sins have, have come up against me. Now, Jonah did not want to go. We find out later in the book because he knew God would have mercy on him and he hated the Ninevites. So, Jonah takes off in the opposite direction. He goes to Joppa and he heads on a boat going the, the other way. Well, if this was an episode of Cops, okay, they would be saying, we've got a runner, okay? Right, Ted? We've done a movie along those lines. So, so Jonah was a runner. He's going in the opposite direction. God's not going to let him get away with it. He sends a, a massive storm. Uh, things are going crazy. The people are throwing things over uh, the cargo into the uh, ocean to save themselves. Finally, they say, where's this other guy, Jonah? He's down sleeping. They're like, Jonah, wake up, wake up. Cry out to your God. We need, you know, we need help here. So finally, um, nothing's working. They cast lots to see who's responsible for this. And sure enough, the lots are cast, and it comes up with Jonah. And the people said, Jonah, what did you do? What on earth did you do? And Jonah says, yeah, this is my responsibility, my fault. You know, what we need to do is throw me into the ocean. That's the only way because I'm running from God. So they're like, well, that's kind of drastic. So they try to row in. They do everything they can. Uh, it's not going to work. And they say, okay, God of heaven, forgive us for doing this. Toss him into the ocean, and then the storm begins to subside. So that was where we were last week, and that's where we're picking up, you know, right here in the middle of the storm. And I think, uh, you know, when I start out and, and, and speak, a lot of times I come with the understanding. I was telling a friend this week, I said, when I, when I talk, I come with, with the perspective that nobody wants to be here and they'd rather be at lunch doing something else. So unless something's compelling, and unless something's meaningful or relevant to your life, you know, you don't want to be here. But this is why this message is relevant. This is, the, this is the key thing, is that storms happen. Sometimes the storms are our fault because of carelessness, sin, things that we do. Sometimes things just happen. You know, other times it's actually the enemy, okay, who, who brings these storms. But regardless regardless of the source of the storms, okay, regardless of why, 
we need to understand that God is absolutely with us in the storm. You know, there's two things that we know. God is with us, and then the other thing is, is when this storm is over, okay, we are going to be a different person. We are going to be changed by the storm. We're going to grow. We're going to enter into a new place. You know, those are the things. And here's the, here's the deal. You know, we're the people of God, okay, and that we never have to go through this alone. You know, but, but too often, you know, and especially when we're younger, I don't know how many of you have kids who are younger or you've got grandkids who are younger or even teens, but when we were kids, when you had a, an issue, maybe it was bullying, maybe it was you were embarrassed, maybe um, you did terrible in a sports game. I don't know about you, but it seems like back in our day, we didn't a lot of times talk to our parents, you know, and a lot of times we didn't even know what to do. It was like, what do, what do you do? You take it internally, you know, and by yourselves. So one of the reasons that we need to explore this whole idea of, you know, how to ride the storm out with God is that we have kids and we have grandkids, okay, who need to have, to, you need to understand that there is a place to go, that there is a refuge, that there is a shelter, there is a strategy, there's technology, that you don't have to go through it alone. So, so let me just take a little poll. How many of you, when you were going through something, like during your school years, did you talk deeply about it with your parents? Okay, how many of you dealt with it alone? Look around. Okay. So, again, as parents and grandparents, if you understand the storm, think about this. What if, what if you could impart to your kids, the, you know, by telling these various Bible stories, you know, or your grandkids, you know, before they go to bed? This is what the people in the Bible did when they ran into problems. This is how they dealt with it. This is how David dealt with it. You know, this is how um, Abraham dealt with it. This is how the various people did it. And they all did some similar things. Imagine if that could be imparted to our kids and grandkids. So when that time came and things were happening that they don't want to tell mom and dad about, okay, guess what they're going to do? They're, they're not going to go to their friends, okay? Well, they might go to their friends, but they're going to know they can go this way, and they've got somebody who they can share their heart with where they're not alone. Because here's the other thing. When the storms come, there is no shortage of bad advice out there. <laughs> Seriously, okay. So let, let's just say you've got, um, you know, you've got a son or a daughter who's going, something, going through something, and they talk to their partying friend. I don't know what to do. Well, dude, let's go out and get hammered, you know? I mean, those are the kind of solutions. I mean, think about this. Even Job, okay, even biblical Job, you know, what did his loving wife say to Job in the midst of his storm? Why don't you just curse God and die, you know? So, again, there is no shortage of bad advice, but you guys out there, me, all of us, okay, we need to be the source of good advice. We need to be the outlier, the anomaly that has the word of the Lord. You know, when anxiety comes, the scriptures say anxiety in the heart of a man or a woman, it brings them down. There's a depression there. But the good word, the encouraging word, the hopeful word, the word that you're not alone, it lifts them up, okay? And we're called to be the people that, that do that. That's the word. In fact, um, if we can gain the understanding of the dynamics of the storm and we understand how God operates and how God sees things, which is not how we see things, okay, then we're in a position not only for ourselves, okay, to navigate through the storm, but to help others, to be, and this is really the call, this is the, this is the message, that you are the first responders. You know, we, we saw in the video the storm, okay? You're the ones that are dropping out of the helicopter. You're the first responders to your kids, to your grandkids, to your friends, to your work colleagues, going through divorces, 
deaths in families, uh, you know, being fired from a job, you know, whatever, whatever the storm is, whatever the storm of life looks like, we're the people with the answers. You know, uh, when 9-11 came, there was, there was a, a situation where some guys were in an elevator, and it was three executives, and there was one fella who was the janitor, and it was a very intense situation. And you have these three guys making millions and millions of dollars, okay, doing hedge funds and various things, but they're in the elevator, and here's the janitor making minimal whatever. But at that time, he knew exactly what to do, and he was able to finagle things and get everybody down to safety. Because in a room full of questions, in a room of an, a, a place of uncertainty, the one with the answers is the one that leads. That's the person that has the influence. And here's here are the dynamics of um, when the storm comes. You know, everything everything goes a little haywire. Um, there's an old TV show, and I'm going to date myself to some extent, but I know some people are going to relate to this. Okay, there's an old TV show. I'm talking old, black and white old. That's how old I'm talking. And when the show came on, it says, you are no longer in control of your television set. We control the vertical. We control the horizontal. We are going to a place in your mind called the outer limits. And then when the, the show was over, okay, it says, we now return control of your television set to you. In a storm, <laughs> you have to understand that you do not have control of your television set, okay? You are out of control. And the sooner you understand that, okay, the sooner that you can start moving toward the solution. So we go back to Jonah, okay? So Jonah's there, and he's, th he's thinking, I'm not going to Nineveh. He's on his way to Tarshish. The, you know, he's, he's not even going to be in the land of Israel where the presence of God is, okay? He's going the other way. No, God isn't going to let him do that, okay? So, you know, the storm comes, and he's like, oh, wow. And then the storm continues to come, and he's like, oh, wow. And eventually, you know, the lots are cast, and he's, okay, God's got me. This is my fault. He comes to an end himself, okay? And the sooner we do that, he surrendered. And that's, that's a strategy. That is, that is maybe the, the best first strategy in a storm, okay? Make a note of that. Surrender. When you surrender, now you're in a place where I admit I'm out of control, I can do nothing, and all I can do is just look to you, God. All I can do. And, that, and that's what he did. So uh, from, from that point... Um, I think everybody does things a little bit different. I mean, you know, he ran, you know, other people um, might turn to addictions. People turn to different things during the storm. But if you understand that the first step is, is doing that, uh, just surrendering and admitting you're out of control, then you can look to God. You can look and you can start to, you know, start to receive, you know, where the answer is. Now, one of the emotional things that happens, okay, is that, um, you get a little bit angry. It's like, why is this happening to me? I don't deserve this. What did I do? There's a lot of various questions. And at a certain point, you start blaming God. You know, it's like, why are you bringing this to me? Why is this coming to my family? But here's the thing. God did not want to destroy Jonah. God didn't want to kill Jonah. In fact, um, I, was, I was praying this week, and, and, the, and the Lord brought to my mind, what was my heart for Jonah? What was the Father's heart for Jonah? And here's the, here's the deal with Jonah. Jonah, okay, God saw Jonah's life from a different perspective, from up here above the storm, from the place of, of Jeremiah 29, where it says, I know the plans that I have for you. They are good plans, plans to prosper you. He knows these plans. Jonah didn't know the plans, okay, but God did, okay? And when Jonah was going off the reservation, it was God's love for Jonah that says, no, your destiny is this. 
you will be perhaps the single greatest preacher, okay, in the history of the entire Bible. I mean, Reinhard Bonnke spoke to a million Nigerians, okay, in one setting. Billy Graham, you know, preached to millions over his career. But understand what Jonah's destiny was. He was, he was handpicked. I mean, God knew him before he was born in his mother womb. His mother womb. Uh, you know, he... Um, uh, you know, he made this hardcore, stubborn, you know, intense preacher who was uniquely equipped to go to the most evil city in the world, Nineveh, okay, and cause them to repent from their wicked ways. I mean, think about that. Think about the, you know, cognitive dissonance that would happen if you were called, uh, you know, Sam Coker. I want you to go to Tehran, okay? And the message is that these people are ticking me off a little bit with this Sharia law thing and some of the honor killings. I need you to go to Tehran and tell them that it's really a stench in my nostrils and that they need to repent, okay? That would create a little anxiety. That make, might make one, you know, want to run. So, so here's the situation. He does run, but God's not going to let him get away. That, that his, his jealousy for his calling, okay, was, no, you're not going to get away. I've got another plan for you, and then we'll find out here in episode three next week uh, with John, because this is a really good, really good story. So if you can begin to get God's heart for um, the storm, okay, then that's, that's another place of, of understanding. I'm going to share a scripture with you. You know, we sing a song uh, about this, too. We, we sing... Um, uh, God works all things together for our good. I can't sing. Terrible. Um, but God works all things together for our good. And it says here in um, Romans 8.28, And we know that in all things God works the, for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. You see... Whereas we have a process of living day-to-day life and, you know, pursuing comfort and the various things that we do, God has another sometimes um, uh, adverse uh, uh, plan, which is to conform us to the image of his son. And he will work out things that may not look good at the time, but those things are going to actually conform us to look more like Jesus and help us to enter into our destiny. And it says, For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And those that he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. And those that he justified, he also glorified. So if we take this perspective during the storm, is that, okay, I don't know what's going to happen. I mean, I don't know where this thing is going. Um, But I know that all things work together for my good. I'm not going to know now, but I'm probably going to know maybe a little bit later. In the meantime, what do I do? Well, there is so much (laughs) along these lines, okay? And just to confirm that God is with you in the storm, this is what it says in Psalm 46. This is a, uh, a great song. It says, God is our refuge and our strength, an ever present help in trouble. Say that with me an ever present help in trouble. So, He's ever-present, which means he's in the storm, he's in the problem, and he is a help. He is the person to lean on. And the psalm continues. It says, Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam. I don't know a better description of an intense storm than that. Uh, And the mountains quake uh, with their surging. The Almighty Lord is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. So 
that is, that's an instruction, okay? You need to go into the fortress of the Lord. You know, what is that song? Um, uh, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous come in and they are safe. So when you're going through it, it's all about clinging to Jesus. I remember um, I had a season in my life where I was a single parent and um, the kids were with me and I didn't know how things were going to go. But, but I remember um, talking to another single parent. Said, you know, I would wake up every morning and I, I wasn't sure how to get through the day, but I knew that if I didn't pray and if I didn't come before the presence of the Lord, I didn't have the energy to do it. And I, I would say to myself, how do people start their day, okay, without, you know, asking the Lord to come in and give them strength and give them help? But you see, that's, that's the thing about the storm. You know, you absolutely need to be that close. You need to be, you know, <laughs> just, just tied and tethered, you know, to the Lord to get through the storm. That's, that's the message here. That's what we're called to do. So what else, what else does Scripture say? What else does Scripture say about, about people who've gone through the storm? We know that Jonah, one good thing that he did, and it was an amazing thing, when you think about the pictures of that storm in the Ride in the Storm Out video, that's what he jumped into. So, again, Jonah was hardcore, you know. So he, he's, when he surrendered, he surrendered big. But, but there, there are other, other folks who were, were in those positions as well. Like, think about, um, for example, David, okay? Uh, David had a situation where uh, he was in exile, and he and his mighty men were doing things, and they had a little camp, and the camp was called Ziklag. And there at Ziklag, that's where all the families and the kids and everybody w- were. Well, one day when they were out doing their business, the Amalekites, the enemy, came in, and they burned the village down. They took all the women and all the children. So David comes back with his mighty men, and everybody is absolutely heartbroken. I mean, you talk about a storm. This was, this was a storm to end all storms. In fact, you know, there was a little scuttlebutt going around the camp. We need to stone David. This is David's fault that we lost all our families. We have nothing. So David's there, absolutely no strength, absolutely nothing left. So what does David do? And this is advice for the storm, Okay. It said this, real simple. David encouraged himself in the Lord. David encouraged himself in the Lord. So that's what you need to do. You need to encourage yourself in the Lord. I'm not going to let it sit there, okay? What does that mean? You all have a history with God. You have the time when God met you. You have the time when you know that you know that God spoke to you. In David's case, he had an amazing history because he was one who was tethered to the Lord in so many ways. And I don't, it doesn't say what he did. It almost leaves, to, to our, leaves it to our imagination. But I'm, I'm sure he said, you know, Lord, when I was a kid, when I was tending those sheep and the lion came and I was scared, you were with me. And you know, Lord, when, when that bear was out there, you know, ready to attack the sheep, you were with me and helped me get the bear. And, and, and when I was maybe a little too zealous and all of a sudden found myself, you know, in front of Goliath, you were with me. And Lord, when, when I was just in those places of despair because of all the various things that had happened in my life, I could cling to you and you would lift my spirit. So I would imagine he thought about that and he worshiped the Lord. He worshiped the Lord, and the, the distance between his own personal weakness and God's inability to help him, or anybody's inability to help him, all of a sudden, as he encouraged himself in the Lord, on that scale, God, you can do anything. And then a new man rose up, and he says, bring me the prophet. Okay, should we pursue them, or should we do this? And then he gets a plan, and away they go, and they restore everything. But the point is, the point is, is that when you're in that place, we need to encourage ourselves in the Lord. So then we have Abraham. What, what did Abraham do? Abraham's storm hit. 
when the joy, the pride and joy of his life, Isaac, was called to be sacrificed, right? And he had to go up the hill, okay, with Isaac to sacrifice him. Every step, every step was a step into the storm. What are you going to do? So what, what did, you know, what did Abraham do? And I don't know whether we can fully grasp the intensity, okay, of, of, of that, that thing where your entire heart, your hope, is, is right there, and the Lord's asking you, uh, <laughs> okay, you, you need to sacrifice, bring the sacrifice to me. But he walked, and he walked, and he thought, and he thought, and all I know is that <laughs> he just kept walking, and he trusted God. And at a certain point, his son said to him, Father, where are we going? He says, well, we're going. The Lord will provide a sacrifice. And in Abraham's faith, he believed that there would be a, something provided that would prevent him from, from killing the child of promise. He just he surmised the character of God that he knew. And as he was walking up the hill this way, the Lord brought a ram in, in the thicket the other way. He couldn't see it, but he kept walking. And that's another thing. When you're in the storm, sometimes all you can do, trust God like Abraham did, and just keep walking. Because you don't have to see your provision. You don't know where <laughs> the, the, the healing is going to come from. You don't know where your job is going to come from. You don't know where the financing for the project that's going to maybe save your home is going to come from. Okay, or how this court case is going to come out so you get to keep kids or, or whatever it is. You don't know. But we know that in the storm, according to Abraham, according to this book of instruction and storm training that God gives us, we keep walking, and we trust the Lord. Amen? Hallelujah. Amen. And then, you know, here's the deal. These are pretty amazing people of faith, but what about Gideon? What about normal, regular Gideon? Okay, Gideon said of himself, he said this, he said, I am the least guy in the least tribe in the entire, like, entire Israel. I'm the worst. And when the angel found him, he was literally hiding, okay, <laughs> he was hiding out of fear. So the angel comes and says to Gideon, arise, mighty warrior, and tells Gideon, you have a task, okay, and this is the storm, people. The storm is right here. It says, you are going to take the Midians and destroy them and push them out of Israel. And he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You don't know who I am, okay? I am not a mighty warrior. This is who I am, Okay. But here's the, it's the angel of the Lord appearing to him, okay? So, you know, this happens, and he's like, okay, just to make sure, angel of the Lord, Lord, okay, if this is real, and I'm not imagining this, when I wake up tomorrow morning, I'm going to put this fleece out, and I want everything to be dry around it, but I want the fleece to be wet. Lord, he's very patient, he's kind, he's long-suffering, he understands our weaknesses. He says to Gideon, okay, got a deal. So next morning, Gideon wakes up, picks up the fleece, it is soaking wet, and there's nothing, nothing anywhere else. He's like, okay, that, that should do it. You know, he should be ready to go. Things should be settled. He was not settled. We probably wouldn't be settled either. He goes, okay, this could just be a coincidence. Okay, how many, we, we rationalize sometimes, don't we? We rationalize when we know maybe we're supposed to do something. Well, maybe not. That could be a coincidence. That might not be God. So he says, okay, Lord, I'm praying to you again. <laughs> This time, I want it to be wet everywhere but the fleece. So the next morning, he gets up, and sure enough, what happens? Everything's wet, but the fleece is like absolutely bone dry, okay? And he's like, okay, <laughs> it's you, and it's settled. It's settled. And that's the game, folks. That is the game of the storm. 
It's settled. It's settled in our hearts. God's with us. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if I'm going to win the court case. I don't know whether my kids are going to be off drugs. I don't know if there's going to be reconciliation. I don't know if I'm going to get a job, but I'm going to keep walking, and I'm going to keep trusting, and I'm going to just, just keep moving along, okay, with God, okay? And that's it. That's, that's the secret of the storm. So getting back to the, the end game, the more we know what people did in this book, Okay, how they dealt with the storm, the more prepared we are when the storm hits. Because oftentimes it's like, oh, oh no, now what do I do? We don't know. But, you know, this is, this is very clear what to do, is that we seek out God. If there's one thing that was common with everybody, you know what they did was they, they sought God out. They moved toward the Lord. They moved toward the Lord, and then they just trusted him. And that's, that's the call. That's the call. But that's not the only call, because the call is you guys are the people of God. Not only are you going to understand this, but you're going to share it. We were talking in our home group this week. And if, we, if you get a revelation, if you get an insight, okay, and you share it with somebody, guess what? You get more. Because the scripture says if you're faithful with a little, okay, you give it away, you get more. So that's what we're called to do. We're, we're called to share these things. And I know all of you are in situations where... There's people at your work or whatever that are going through divorces. They're going through different issues. They're going through that storm. And I'll tell you what, we've been, we've been placed here to be, you know, that voice in the storm. In our little discussion on Thursday at our, or Wednesday at our home group, um, one of the, um, well, Sherry, you asked. We were talking about our Rebecca's house when we used to serve, we used to serve down at the homeless shelters uh, for like 12 years. And we put on a big old party and lots of great food and all kinds of things. And she was asking, like, oh, how did people come out of that? How did they do? I mean, how did they, did they come out stronger and better? And we're like, well, a lot of times we don't know. But this is what we do know, and this is the issue, okay, is that in that time when the storm was raging in their life, when they were in a homeless shelter, where bad things got them there, they were either beaten down, on drugs, in prison. I mean, they are in a storm not knowing what to do. Guess what? God was faithful. God sent home-cooked meals. God sent people to pray. God sent music. God sent all kinds of good things for them, you know, to just be encouraged by as a sign that, you know what? It's going to be okay. And guess what? Those people are going to be back next week and next week and next week and next week until they're out of the shelter. And hopefully during that time, they were built up, strengthened, encouraged, and that's what we're called to do. We are the first responders. We are the people that are being lowered from the helicopter, you know, into the stormy sea to just be with one person. It could be simple as going out and having a beer with somebody, going and having a cup of coffee, taking them out to lunch, bringing some groceries over to their house, it's something, but that's, that's what we're, we're the people of God. We're the first responders. That's, that's a call that we have on our lives, and, and God, God digs that. I mean, he really, he really loves it when we do that, so um, I don't know. That's, that's really, that's, that's my message. We're going to probably be out of here early, early. and I, I would be remiss if I didn't do two things, okay? There might be some people here, you're going through a storm. You know, you need a good word. You know, it could be physical, could be financial, could be emotional, could be anything. I don't know. I'd, I'd like some folks to maybe come up here from our, uh, especially from the, the School of Kingdom Ministry, uh, to pray. And then anybody else in the prayer team to just be there for you. And then others of you, some things maybe touched you and said, you know what, I want to be the first responder. I want to be empowered. 
I want to think differently and move toward people who are hurting and broken, okay? And, and maybe you just want, want a, an encouraging word. Well, we're going we're gonna to pray for you and, and do that. So, um, good, we've got, got some folks up here. Let me, let me close in prayer. When I'm done, you are free to move about the country. Uh, and uh, if you'd like to get some prayer for anything, 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 you know, we're going to be here. So uh, just, just agree with me here in prayer. Lord, um, Lord, we thank you that we're called to be uh, the first responders. We thank you that we are called to be a people who understand the dynamics of the storm, Lord. And we understand that you are in the storm and that you are with us, Lord God, and that there is a place after the storm, Lord that the storm is not designed to kill us, Lord, but to take us into our new place. Lord, just soak that. Soak that into us this day, Lord. Speak a blessing on everybody as they go today. Lord, we love you. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. See you guys next week for the next episode of Jonah Part 3.